0: Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of See the Sunrise. I'm Pastor Mamie. Seeing the Sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, and verse 3, the Lord spoke to Jeremiah. He was in prison, and the Lord said to him, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes. Sometimes His presence is not keenly evident, but He is there. All we need to do is look for Him. Today, I want to talk to you about love and how God speaks to us. Next week is Valentine's Day, a day when lovers express their affection with greetings and gifts. This day has been represented since around the 14th century. Many of you, in fact, none of you, I would clearly say, or carefully say that none of you were there during its origin, but somehow it's been passed down through the centuries. Instead of getting to a historical uh, origin of this day, I thought I would spend some time just talking about love. Unless you think I'm going to be too heady and that this subject may be a bit boring because I talk about the history of it initially, hang in there, and I think I may give you some things to talk about. Love over the years has taken on a number of meanings. According to the Bible, love has several interpretations. Specifically, the Greeks had several words for different types of love. There is eros, romantic love, that's that intense sexual desire for someone, kind of like David and Bathsheba, Samson and Delilah. And those of you who binge-watch television, you may know something called Bridgerton. You know exactly what Eros love is if you've watched that. Then there's philia. That's an affectionate love that doesn't involve passion or sexual impulse. Jesus had this kind of love for his disciples. He encouraged them. He also said things that would help them as they would venture on in their ministries. Then there's storge, that's a familiar love, like the love a parent has uh, for their child. It's a love that is amongst friends and people you've known for a long time. Then there's pragma, that's an enduring love. If you're married and have been married for a while, which is what I can identify with, it is the time when the honeymoon is over and you settle into a nice sort of enduring love where you move on as life moves forward. Then there's philosophy, which is self-love or self-compassion. That means a healthy esteem, not in an egotistical kind or sense, but to think, feel, and act in healthy ways. Basically, it's taking care of yourself, eating properly, exercising, taking the time to address your needs, your mental, physical, and spiritual needs. It's a way that you take care of yourself. That's self-love and self-compassion. Then there's ludus. That's playful love, flirtation. No eros or philosia there. Those butterflies you get in your stomach, that quickened heartbeat, the anxiety you feel when waiting for your love interest to arrive. It's built more on having fun than building a relationship, although it could turn into another type of love, like when you first meet someone and although although you may not know them well, your body reacts to being around them. And then there's the agape love, unconditional love. It's hard to love others if you don't love yourself. It's that special love, the kind of love Jesus refers to over and over again throughout his ministry. Agape love says, I love God and I love me and I'm gonna do those things that are right by others and you extend that love to others despite conditions or who they are, not based on hierarchy because they're a well-known person or otherwise someone who's homeless, but it's the love you have for all people. Throughout our lifetime, we've heard many discussions and songs and ideas, representations about love, and the meaning varies depending on who you ask. I remember once when I was working on a school project and I went to my uncle and asked him what the meaning of love was. His response was, and I quote, a strange transaction between two full of fools, end quote. It was apparent to me then and even now, (laughs) he did not have a good experience when it came to love. As I thought about it, depending on where you are in your life or in your relationships, the definition could vary. Looking at what is going on in our world today, I would dare say that the world is in dire need of some wholesome, agape kind of love. The kind of love that Jesus represents. The unconditional kind that brings wholesomeness and acceptance. Songwriters have written about love over and over again, from arrows to agape and all in between. It is a market that does not die. God created us to be in relationships, and those relationships vary. For Adam and Eve, it was a marital relationship, a pragma relationship. Not too long ago, a gentleman by the name of Gary Chapman wrote a book about the five love languages. The goal of his writings was to help people strengthen and improve their relationships. From words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch, those are the things that he wrote about. Why do we need help in the area of love? Has life become so watered down, or better yet, our inability to communicate our true feelings have been relegated to finding someone to help us to say what we really feel, what we really mean? Maybe that's the real problem, a lack of communication. Years ago, I attended a married couples group. It was biblically based, but every time we attended this meeting, the number one subject, in fact, the only subject was communication. I thought, are you kidding me? Is this all we're going to talk about again? But as I look back when it comes to marriage and relationships, communication really is key, but not only with our spouse, but also with God. We've been told that God knows everything about us, and he does, but he also wants to spend some time with him. He wants us to spend some time with him to get to know him personally, not based on what someone else said or someone else's experience or uh, what you might think he is. He wants you to know him. When we don't take the time to talk with God, you essentially are taking him for granted. I know you're thinking, well, what do I say? He sees everything I do. It seems fruitless. When we talk with each other, it helps us to understand the thoughts and feelings of each other. As much as God knows us, how much do you really know him? I can't tell you the number of times I thought I knew something and God told me something profoundly different. When you're trying to build a relationship, you need to talk to the other party. You need to talk to each other. It has been said, and I found it to be true, that prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. Relationships aren't built in a vacuum. They're built getting to know the other person, and the best way to do that is by spending some quality time with them. So you're saying, well, I can't hear God speaking it often feels like I'm talking to myself. Well, God does speak, and I was one of those eyebrow raisers when people would say to me that God spoke to them. So I went on a deliberate journey to understand, quote, how God speaks, and specifically for me, how and if he did speak to me. Actually, it was a heart action on my part. I was looking for agape love, and you know what? I found it. And it wasn't based on what I did for him, but on what he did for me. He initiated the relationship and it was up to me to accept it and to get to know who he was and the importance of having him in my life. There is a presence within all believers that speaks of God's love. They call it a rhema, R-H-E-M-A. Rhema is a Greek word translated word. It means when words leave one's lips. The Spirit's voice in our hearts is one example, example of a rhema word. When you read a text and it feels like the verses are leaping off the pages as if they were written specifically, specifically for you at that very moment you needed it, that is an example of a rhema word. You begin to realize the presence of God with you and the love that God has for you. Consider those times when you were sick and you called out to the Lord and he gave you a scripture. That was a rhema word that made you well. Maybe you heard he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. Or maybe you overcame temptation as you heard there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Or maybe you were overcome with fear and you hear, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Maybe it was in the fear of death of a loved one and you heard the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. All these are rhema words, Words that bounce off the pages of his word that speak to you right at the appropriate time, at the time you needed it most. Maybe you need encouragement and he speaks to you from Psalm 28 and says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. Or you might have heard Psalm 55 and 22, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And if you want to talk about love, God's love for us, you just need to pick up his word, and peppered throughout from beginning to end, he communicates his love to and for us. We all know that John 3:16, "For God so loved the world, that He gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life." Or you may have heard Romans five and eight, but God shows His love for us that while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And how about Romans 8, 37 and 39? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through those who loved to, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then there's 1 John 4 and 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. If you've been ever been in a situation and you just needed someone to tell you, baby, it's going to be all right. God knows everything you're going through and he will not leave you comfortless. It's when, you, it's when you've told no one the heaviness that's in your heart, and then someone comes along and speaks to you about what you prayed about in the solitude of your prayer closet. Just you and God, and they come along affirming what you prayed, and you come to know that God has heard you, and he sent a word of confirmation through someone who had no idea what you were experiencing. A word from someone that God sent to you on your behalf, confirming his presence Now that's a rhema word. A number of years ago, I was in an extremely stressful situation. I hadn't been called into ministry at that time, but I had a burning love for God. Take note sisters and brothers here. I was passionate about God and yet still experienced hard times. I remember going to my girlfriend and telling her what I was feeling and the troubling thoughts I had. She did not get perplexed nor exhibit any kind of angst or uh, feelings for me. We were on our way to a revival, and she intimated, maybe the Lord had a word for me. While at the revival, there was his preacher there that night, and the words that he spoke were the words I had just spoken to my friend not less than an hour prior, and there was no way he could have known what I was going through. She never left my sight, but somehow God got that word to him that I needed. It was a rhema word. It was a word such as Proverbs 25 and 11 speaks of. A word fitly spoken like apples of gold and pictures of silver. It was the right word spoken at just the right time, calming my anxious thoughts. It was a timely word. It was a word of love spoken from the servant of God's, uh, 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 from God's servant, the preacher who I didn't know and who didn't know me, to a daughter who needed to be encouraged. I think you get the picture. God's love expands our human comprehension, yet, Within us lies this great treasure that reveals to us his all-encompassing love. I have experienced it, and it is what drives me. It is what gives me life, and his love, this kind of love, is not exclusive to me alone. Think about it. Why would God want to speak to mortal man? After all, he's all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. Why? The answer is simple it is because he loves us. Happy Valentine's Day, brothers and sisters. You may not have a significant other to celebrate with, but consider extending that desire, that love you have to God and experience the best day ever. For me, Valentine's Day is every day when I get to spend it with my Savior. Until next week, God bless you all and remember to look and see the sunrise.